0: Shalloway driving it toward the back post for Zusi, who puts it back across, and Shelton slots it home! Zusi can have a hit from here, he does, and Graham Zusi re-elect Graham Zusi Shalloway knocks it in! The Hungarian assassin has given Sporting KC the lead! It's Russell! There's only one!
1: Johnny Russell! This is the Sporting KC Show. On Sports Radio 810 WHB.
2: Presented by Michelob Ultra. Enjoy a Michelob Ultra today. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And by Casey's own CBD American Shaman. Score yourself free samples of great all-natural CBD products at a CBD American Shaman near you. CBD American Shaman. Everything is better with the feather.
1: Now your host, Nate Buchanan.
0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you stream your video content. Yeah, we're on video. Our beautiful faces are here with you again, as is our beautiful Michelob Ultra. They are the presenting sponsor of the Sporting Kansas City Show. Michelob Ultra, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. And we are back in studio today. Nate Bucati along with Ali Trost and the triumphant return of the birthday boy Connell <laughs> mccourt as well happy birthday Connell. thank how you how are you man
3: i'm fantastic lovely to be back in these hallowed halls again yeah. recording for the sporting kansas city show you two uh
0: once graced these hallways on a regular basis now you are You grace the hallways of Sporting Kansas City on a full-time basis. We're going to get into what you do now because we've we've mentioned your name a few times on the show already this year, but now you get to actually talk about it yourself. Allie, how are you doing?
2: I'm great. It's not my birthday. I feel like it should be, though, with all the birthdays today. (laughs) You, Chioma, who's going to be our guest later on in the show, Alan Polito, one of my friends from high school. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is a good day to be born.
3: Yeah, every, every year lands on International Women's Day, so...
0: Yeah. It's all about you. Yeah. yeah for me, i the women. There you go. Good. Go. <laughs> Ladies man, Connell McCourt, <laughs> right there. Um, and and Shioma uh, Tomna is going to be on the show with us in a little bit. She works for Sporting Kansas City. We're going to tell you all about her and what she does. Celebrate her on her birthday and on International Women's Day as well. So that is coming up on the show. We're also going to hear from Remy Voltaire, Peter Vermees, Graham Zusi. We're going to recap Sporting Kansas City's win against the Houston Dynamo and preview the big game coming up against the Colorado Rapids this weekend. So first off, let's get to it, guys. Sporting Kansas City won, Houston Dynamo nil, in the home opener this past weekend, there was a threat of weather kind of looming all week long, and then it didn't really happen. Weather was decent. The game was a win, right? Like it. it we wondered, Ali, coming into the game, was Paulo Nagamura going to come out and try to play and attack uh, the style of play that he learned here under Peter Vermees, or was he going to take a page out of all the opponents he's seen when he'd been here with Sporting Kansas City and park the bus? And we found out that answer pretty quickly, didn't we? Oh
2: yeah, he uh, he parked that bus. Those <laughs> those two lines, I, I mean, were so hard to break down. It was it was a wall. Uh, and credit to Sporting Kansas City, they stayed patient. They eventually did find their way through. It came off of a nice little bout of possession there. I think it was a minute forty seconds of passing the ball around. Then forced a fa fa pico mistake, and Johnny Russell takes advantage, and boom, Remy Voltaire there at the top of the box got a second shot in that game, which was uh, which was good for him after he kind of whiffed that first one. But he did say the wind, which was very bad. Yes. If you were out at the game or just out and about in Kansas City that day, the wind was bad. Uh, I, you can look at any clip of me on the broadcast and I'll <laughs> tell, you, tell you that story real quick. But no, I, I think for sporting Kansas City, that was a massive win. And Johnny Russell guys pointed this out to me in our post-match interview that was the first one nil win sporting had had since 2020 that was a big storyline mm-hmm. last mm-hmm. year was that sporting couldn't grind out those one goal wins they you know you either couldn't get the clean sheet team equalizes late or they were just winning a lot of games by multiple goals which doesn't sound like a bad problem but you know take take what you will from that they were able to grind out a big win on saturday and most importantly keep the clean sheet as well
3: yeah i mean I echo everything sh- uh, that Ali said. I mean, it was a. Uh, I never really expected Paulo Nagamura to come out and try and play. First of all, he's only been there a, a short while, and
2: and their offense, I mean, ha- wasn't really promising against RSL. so right. you-, you weren't really sure what they. And you
3: know, he like strikes me there. as a pragmatic guy as well. Paulo, he knows coming in that everyone's going to be fired up for it. It's a home opener. You know, they're going to come out all guns blazing. And let's be honest, we've all been to home openers. They're very cagey affairs anyway. I remember one a couple of years ago, Philly, I think, was nil nil. New York City, I think, beat us here. They're always kind of, you never really know what you're going to get until the game starts. Um, And it always, it kind of felt like me, it was always going to come down to a Houston mistake or something, some kind of imbalance in their system because we were throwing everything at them, everything at them. And they just, they were... They had more than a bus. They had the streetcar. They had everything packed, <laughs> it, parked back there, you know. And it was tough to break them down. And sporting did kind of struggle. When it was getting towards the end of the first half, I was kind of thinking, well, where is this? Where is the opening going to come from here? And thankfully, enough pressure was applied that, you say, a mistake happened, Johnny pounced on it. And then the number six for the day, Remy Voltaire arriving late in the box. He was the, the one that ended up getting the breakthrough. and. I was impressed by Sporting after the goal as well because sometimes, you know, when you score that goal, the fans are up, everyone's G'd up, everyone wants another goal. That's what they want, you know, let's get two. But Peter, for me, was obviously just like, look, if we go for this, we've seen this happen before. You say how hard it is to keep a clean sheet. Sometimes mistakes happen. Sometimes you can let them back in. And they did have a couple of chances. Timelia had to pull out a couple of saves in the last couple of minutes because they did throw everything at it. But, yeah, they kept the clean sheet. They got the 1-0 win, they ground out. It was a very, uh, what's the word, like accomplished performance, almost like a mature performance from the team, which considering they had a couple of newcomers in there and Logan and Dembe and stuff, it was kind of pleasantly surprised that they came out with a 1-0 victory, ground it out like, and showed a lot of character.
0: So I write this down. Parked the street
2: car. <laughs> that, yeah. That's
0: getting used uh, during a game next time it happens, <laughs> and I might give you credit for it or not, Connell, but anybody that listens to the podcast will your-ish. know that your-ish. I stole it from you. Um, we're going to get to these sound bites in just a moment, but we've mentioned the fact that, uh, that you're working full-time at the club now, and we spent a lot of time on the show last week talking about the Chiron-Higo uh, partnership that we have. Uh, The three of us were in countless meetings last week. You two have been even in more meetings than I have. But uh, I think that I was invited to a handful of them. It's like, hey, Ron Burgundy, just so you know what uh, they're showing you when they do all this workout in the truck, you can say it the right way. Uh, They, you know, explain it to me. But honestly, in in all seriousness, you know, we've had so many conversations about it. I hope the audience finds it very interesting and compelling. And I felt like for the first game, it came off incredibly well. Uh, Part of it was the game was so cut and dried it wasn't a very complex game in terms of we could tell the story easily that their whole team's over here and our whole team's up here and we could show it with the average positioning of the of the, of the 11 players on the pitch which we showed in the first half that real time graphic and then the the possession by quadrants we were able to show and, and get those all things in there you you've been working on a lot of stuff and the paint graphics where we could show the highlights i thought the package you put together on in dembe and the pregame was really incredible but but when i'm upstairs doing the game i'm not really aware of all of the chaos that's happening in the truck i know it might be happening but i don't know what's going on i just hear somebody finally tell me in my ear hey we're good to show this graphic now how chaotic was it like what was it like in the truck Getting to uh, use this equipment, this you know, this this uh, one of a kind technology that nobody else in the league is using.
3: Well, you know what it's like. I mean, it's trial and error for a lot of a lot of these things. But it was it was pretty chaotic. There was a lot going on at the one time, and so the way my the system I work with works uh, is I'm on replay. So I would, if something happens, I would cut it there and then i would work on it while the game is still going on and you so, by work
0: on it you mean you're drawing up the little graphics and yeah. stuff that make so just kind sh- come down on a certain guy kind of like just that.
3: showing people some of the stuff that you might not have seen because we have all of the angles i mean the viewer at home only has the broadcast angle and whatever the director cuts to we have all of the angles we have the sky cams everything so
2: which is only going to be for home matches correct? Right, for yeah, sure so that's something to know because for we're
3: fans. the only club in an right. mls that have this kind of technology so far and so, when everyone was seeing what they were seeing at home, not that I know what to look for or whatever, but I was seeing some different things just from different uh, cameras just because the viewers couldn't see it. So, it's all the little runs, all the little uh, nuances kind of in the game. Movement off the ball, things Players like that. Players pointing, trying to decoy runs, mm-hmm. trying to pull things away. And with this, with these graphics and with these cursors and stuff, you can kind of show the, the casual fan, even... Huge fans of the sport that may have just missed something in, in the, the build-up to goals or in the build-up to attacks or whatever. What is actually going on? Stuff that you can't actually see on the camera. And it's stuff that I know Kerry Zvagnan, the assistant coach, he's very big on. He's all about you know technology and trying to bring this to our viewers at home, trying to explain a bit better about what sporting are actually trying to do. Because, like, let's be honest, especially for a casual fan... They're watching. They just want to see goals. They want to see us playing really well. The other team not doing so well. Us putting them under pressure and then goals, goals, goals. But sometimes you have to be patient. You have to be. You have to try certain things. Sometimes they don't come off. You see things happening and uh, you know cer- certain players running off the ball, dragging other players out of positions and stuff. And that one time that it actually does work, we're able to draw it up. You can see this is where this player was pulled out of position. This opened up this space. This allowed Johnny Russell player x to exploit the space and this is how the goal came off so i think it's just it's a really good way to explain to people at home certain nuances that are going on in the game and what the team are actually trying to achieve because it's not all just about oh we're going to attack and we're going to score and you just have to Mm -hmm. defend you have to stop us scoring there's so much that goes into what they're trying to do certain things that cues that you have to watch for and stuff and i think with this technology it's a great way to explain to fans at home
2: yeah and you guys did a fantastic job i went back and watched and You know, for the first broadcast, I think there was a little apprehension from everybody, you know, like, how are we going to get this across? How much are we going to be able to fit in? How are we going to communicate this in a way you all knocked it out of the park? Um, So it was just really cool to see the the final product come together. And I'm excited to see how it continues to grow throughout the year. We're also talking about ways to implement this and content pieces throughout the week. Obviously, the pregame show Connell put together a few different packages that we were able to highlight. So it's just it's really awesome. And and like you said, it's a way to help communicate to fans and tell the story of the game in the ways that aren't as obvious, that aren't just the goals. And, and even if it is a goal, well, let's let's rewind two minutes leading up to that goal because more often than not, there's something that happened that really helped set that, that goal, that play in motion. So it's really exciting to be able to tell that story, and especially in this game where Sporting were a little overzealous in that Atlanta game. They weren't as disciplined, they weren't as patient, and that patience against Houston really paid off for them.
3: It did. And uh, I mean, I I can't take all the credit. Like I just did the replay stuff afterwards. A lot of the credit has to go to Angelina yep. Talia yeah. who she is doing the in-game stuff the heat maps, the you see the average positions all over the pitch. She's doing the stuff in real time, and that's pressure that is. You know, it, it's a 90-minute game. Nails, You're like- trying to fit everything in. She is so good so quick uh, to the to the punch to try and recognize things and she would say maybe have another pair of eyes on it see does this look right we throw it out remy's heat map you know all that type of stuff Mm -hmm. and it really just it adds another layer to explaining what we all know as the beautiful game to fans at home
0: yeah but even and and even for people that do under this game understand the game really well it's a way to visualize it like you said we were able to show Remy's heat map. And unfortunately, it happened right at a time when all of a sudden it went into an attacking sequence and we couldn't really leave it out virtually on the field for too long. But Remy covered more ground than anybody on the field for Sporting Kansas City. He did all the hard work and the heavy lifting and the water carrying that the number six is expected to do in this system. And then he goes and scores the goal. And I have to admit, I'm really glad that there was, when we made our picks to kick before the game, there was a lot of chatter going on by everybody because I was ready to give Allie a whole bunch of crap for picking the number six uh, as her pick <laughs> to kick. Cause I'm like, yeah, the number six scores, a lot of goals in this system. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Allie. Uh, and I didn't say it. And, uh, and, and then Remy goes and scores the goal for, her, and Allie, Bill we're going to hear from Remy in a second. You've seen that a lot from him when you go out to training.
2: Yeah. And, and not only has it been on display, not just in preseason this year and in training sessions this year, but even going back to last year, it was really kind of almost amazing that he didn't score more goals and, and that was a big point of emphasis for him coming into this season. He wants – not in a selfish way, but he wants to pad the stat sheet. He wants to score more assists – or, you know, get more assists, score more goals, off of set pieces. You see him taking a lot of those this year, and he's kind of splitting that duty with Johnny Russell. He came in in conversations I've had with different people, and that's kind of the beauty of preseason. You get to have conversations with people that you don't usually get to talk to on a regular basis in season because everyone's doing their jobs and caught up in their own routines. But talking to Sporting's dietitian, he – was according to her one of the more disciplined players in terms of you know getting his body right with his diet going into this year like he's really locked in and wants to make that year one to year two progression here with this team a big one and and when we talk about him playing the six versus the eight and I asked him and it's been a big you know topic of conversation is he an eight is he a six who you know what's his better position he goes Allie I just want to be on the field I just want to help this team, and whether I'm playing at the six or playing at the eight, if I have an opportunity to score, if I have an opportunity to set someone up with an assist, I'm going to do it.
0: He's it's kind of like what, what Vermees used to say about Busio. He's a good soccer player. Yeah. Um, but there are certain guys where you look at him and you go, that guy's an eight. He's a destroyer. He needs to be free to go all over the field and, and wreck people. Some guys, it's like, no, he needs to be a six. He, he's going to stay home, whatever. And Remy look, looks just as good he in either position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But let's before we hear about, uh, about that versatility, let's hear from Remy. This is after the game. He's not very bashful about uh, maybe some comparisons and how he sees himself in that ability as a finisher.
1: There is a lot of wind, so it's very hard to 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 have a great shot. But at this moment, I'm focused on the ball, and I have a great shot. So it's good because I train a lot on the training. I score a lot. That's why the coach tells me always Benzema, Benzema, because I score a lot. So um, I, this year, I will try to, to have a lot of goals and a lot of assists because I know I have the quality for that, so I'm focused for that, and... And today is very good because I helped the team to win the game. So I'm very happy for me, but for the team too. All right, so, hey,
0: there's some good Frenchmen that you can compare yourselves to, Connell. when when it comes to being a goal scorer. Kareem Benzema, I don't know if you see that or not. I mean, hey, if you if you see it, you can be it, right?
3: And that's, uh, that's Remy Voltaire. He certainly finished like Benzema on, on Saturday, didn't he? Because there was, I mean, if you watch it back, there was a sea of orange bodies in front of him, and it's just... It probably will annoy Paulo Nagamura a lot that someone didn't get get out to him. But see that late arrival in the box that that is you can't really teach that in a way. You know, Remy just sees what's coming. And look, Daniel Shalloway is well, he was the top goal scorer last year. He he is the goal scorer. For Remy to give him the shout and say, This is mine, leave that. You know, mm-hmm. he was confident that he was gonna score there and the Daisy Cutter right across Steve Clark. I mean, I think he was still Dave and five minutes after the shot hit the <laughs> hit the back of the net. It was a wonderful finish, and you can see where some of the comparisons are coming from. Maybe yeah. Zidane next week.
2: <laughs> but I think the guys have that confidence in him too because they do see it in training, um, and it really. I I didn't get a chance to really fully get through this hit on the broadcast because I think Johnny was taking the ball up the field and you know trying to find that delicate time of when do I step out and when do I you know. But they they. You know, Benzema, I'm sure he'll have other nicknames as the season goes on. But, you know, they call it the French touch. And I'm like, well, okay, does EC have the French touch? No, 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 EC doesn't have the French touch. <laughs> it's only, it's Remy, and it's all he says, all in his technique when, when he steps up to, you know, take a set piece or when he's in shooting drills and training. I mean, that is something that, you know, when we talk about sporting losing Alan Polito and where some of those goals are going to come from this year that is if if we see similar seasons from Daniel shallow, if we see a similar season from Johnny Russell, if Kyrie Shelton's able to maybe double his goal output from last year, or even go beyond that, where are those goals going to come from? And if Remy Voltaire can can have a, a five, six, seven goal season, who knows? Depending on where he ends up playing and, and what Ori Rosell's status is and and how healthy he's able to stay this year with the hamstring, I mean, there's, there's been a lot of chatter and concern about sporting Kansas City's goal-scoring ability without Polito in 2022. But if you're able to spread that scoring out and have guys really step up to the plate like Remy Voltaire and, and have a good season in, in that category, then it's really, you just, you have goals coming from different places.
0: Okay, let's hear from Peter Vermees on the versatility that we mentioned of Remy Voltaire.
1: We recruited him. We knew that he had, he's, he's an 8-6, not a 6-8 and so he's he's really helped in that when we've had issues in the past that uh you know especially last year when let's say we had to move Ilié back to central defender he could easily drop into that place and then Boost came along but then when Boost left again we had somebody to help us out there so um yeah he's very versatile and the other thing too is is that um he's a, he's a really interesting guy and and I say that because when he first got here, I think it took him a few games to kind of get his feet wet um, and see what it was really all about. And he just kept climbing over the season. And I can tell that he's come back completely different this season in that he just has a better understanding, a, a better confidence. And, and so, like him scoring today, it's because something that he set out to do is be more productive on the stats In in. in you no know, assists and and goals, so good for him to to get that one today.
0: So look, it's going to be I think that when you look at the rotation of the midfield this year, Guy D'Keene to working his way back from injury, the fact that Jose Mauri is gone now, Felipe Hernandez and Roger Espinoza are kind of place plug and play type players that can play slightly different roles. That versatility and I think that the consistency of Remy Voltaire is going to be crucial to this team this year. To me, he's the one anchor that you look at, and you hope that guy plays well over 30 games this year and plays the majority uh, of the 90 minutes in those games. If he can do that, I think Sporting Kansas City will feel really good about their midfield. Now, it was also an emotional day um, over the weekend as well. We talked about this on the broadcast. We got a hit from Alley on this. Um, black armbands worn by the players. Uh, Rob Thompson, Robo, been with the organization since the very inception of the KC Wiz. Uh, and and is a, a dear friend to, to every person that's ever played for this team, by the way. I mean, if you go back and you see the way all the Sporting KC alums uh, treat Robo when he's here, uh, it kind of gives you an indication of what he means to the club. His twin sister, Gigi, passed away after a seven-year battle with cancer last week, leading up to the home opener, and that... For anybody that doesn't understand, the home opener, we talked about it last week on the show, there are people all over the stadium trying to do last-minute preparations, getting things ready. You've got media day. You've got a million things going on. And for the team, they're gearing up for the start of the season as well. They decided to change their practice schedule to go attend the memorial service for Gigi, Robo's twin sister. And that was obviously a special moment. I talk about the way the players revere Rob Thompson and the ones that have been around for a long time have that much tighter of a bond with him. So think about a guy like Graham Zusi, who's been in, in Kansas City for 14 years as a close friend of Robo's. He spoke about Gigi and the significance of everything that happened this past week.
2: It's going to be tough to talk about this one without getting emotional, but, um, yeah, it's, it, I think it says a lot about, um, about Gigi, um, that we, you know, the whole team went out and and honored her. Um, but I, I, you know, she's, she, She's meant so much to to so many people, um, and this little uh, uh, testament to her is really the least we could do. But um, glad we can do it.
0: All right. So rest in peace, Gigi. Our thoughts and prayers to Robo and the entire family. We love you, Robo, and uh, we're proud that uh, you're a part of this club. And we're proud that the club has responded to that situation the way that they have. We're going to take a break. When we come back. We're going to celebrate National, International Women's Day with an amazing woman who is a part of Sporting Kansas City's family, Chioma Atomna, who uh, is celebrating her birthday today, just like Connell as well. It's right after this on the Sporting Kansas City Show, presented by Michelob Ultra.
1: You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB.
0: And we are back with the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, wherever you stream your video content, you can see the delicious Michelob Ultra that's here on the set right now. We are presented, as always, by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And we have a very special guest in studio now for a couple of reasons. By the way, we're celebrating birthdays all over the place. Connell's <laughs> birthday is today. Alan Polito's birthday is today. We're doing this on a Tuesday, and Ali today is a very special holiday as well.
2: Yes, it is International Women's Day, so Ooh, I had whoop. to call up one of the best women that I know and one of the best women at sporting who does so much. Uh, should I introduce, should you, because we, we're talking birthdays, we're talking. Yeah, I
0: mean, I, you know, I, I was trying to hand it over because this is International <laughs> Women's Day. But uh, Choma Atomno is our guest here from Sporting Kansas City and the Victory Project. Um, how are you, Choma? It's great, to, it's great to have you here.
4: Thank you for having me. I am good. I, I love that my birthday lands on International Women's Day, so I just bask in, you know, the glory Everything. of you know, yeah. just women celebrating my birthday all the things, so I'm doing great. And
0: so um, there's a tradition at Sporting Kansas City, you get the day off of work when it's your birthday, so we called you in <laughs> to make you work some on your day off How's that for a present? Um, right. But no it one is, told Connell
2: that, by yeah. the way. Yeah. I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I need to let
2: him know that that's the thing.
0: Yeah, no, we, we don't want to let Connell know that yet. Let's wait. Let's, <laughs> um, let's not mention that when he's in studio. Um, so first of all, Choma, I mentioned you being with the Victory Project, but why don't yeah. you tell our Audience, everything that you do for sporting Kansas City, and then we'll go from there.
4: Yeah, so I joined the Victory Project team in May of 2020. Before that, I was with the youth soccer team. So I joined the club April 2019, 2018, and you know, started off with you know just wanting to help make the sport more accessible to kids. Like I grew up playing soccer, played for 13 years. Um, soccer created like a sisterhood um with me and it just i i I just found my voice through playing this sport so i just would i just wanted to help kids just experience the sport like i did and um then you know i kind of was like okay how can i on one side we are creating all of these events and clinics for kids to play soccer and how can we now close that gap and so i made that switch uh to the victory project side and um in addition to the Victory Project, we also oversee like community program, community relation initiatives, so providing volunteer opportunities for the front office, getting our players engaged in the community. And what was really cool was last year with the Victory Project being on the front of our jersey, we expanded our pillars. And so, like I said, with I wanted to help kids get access to the sport. We added Soccer for All Kids and then also helping kids with special needs um, and providing experiences for them. So it was a really cool time to, you know, just be a part of growing the Victory Project and then creating all that programming and getting more people involved. So,
0: yeah. So uh, I don't like to brag about it, but I'm (laughs) on the executive board for the Victory Project. And actually, yes, I do like to brag about it because it's such an awesome (laughs) organization. Yeah, no, I mean, like it's one of those things where when we have our meetings and everything, you just – uh, you feel good about everything that you're doing. And, and Choma and Jackie do a wonderful job when we have the meetings of reminding us all of the amazing work that the Victory Project does. Um, and, I'm, I mean, it, it's, that's honestly being on the board, it's a few hours here and there. Uh, when you're dedicated to it all the time, uh, do you feel like that all the time? Because like yeah. like, every time I'm in, <laughs> there, I'm like, I feel this rush of energy. I want to do things. Yeah. I want to help. I want to be a part of it. Is that just like your constant existence at this point?
4: Yeah, because so with all of the pillars that we have, we have um, what people know us for when we established in 2013 was helping um, kids with cancer. We have our match day honoree, which is probably the most um, like public facing experience that people are familiar with. We also provide um, sporting wishes where um, if a kid has had a secondary diagnosis of cancer or who have relapsed, we found that. A lot of them weren't eligible for experiences like a make a wish type of thing. So we wanted to fill that gap. And on the other side, we've partnered with, you know, Variety KC. We have a longstanding partnership with Special Olympics and, um, providing opportunities for those kids to play soccer we've um, sponsored a power soccer team which is really cool which I had no idea that power soccer um, existed and then on the soccer for all kids side we've sponsored teams to play we're launching a scholarship and grant program coming up and so it's there's all of this excitement and there's so many highs, but there's also low moments where I've worked with kids that are no longer alive or you hear these really sad stories of you know, it's it's it can be, yeah, there's just lots of highs and lows, but it's I would heavy. say the the highs are what really energize us and keep us going. And that's what we try to use to, you know, get more volunteers, get our donors excited. Um, storytelling and letting people know like, okay, this is what we're doing with your dollars. Cause it's one thing to, you know, brag about like, yeah, we're doing all these great things, but we also want to show people like, this is how your dollars are impacting us. And there's so many great nonprofits in Kansas city. So it's not like we are we don't want to compete against what other people are doing, but I really do feel like the volunteers we have, the associates we have, the players, the coaches, everybody gets really involved. And it's just really cool to just have people feel like they have ownership in something that you're a part of. So, yeah.
2: I I would say that one of the most rewarding parts about my expanded role with Sporting last year, and now, of course, that's even bigger this year, was getting to see up close that relationship specifically between the players and the Match Day honorees when they'd come out to mm-hmm. training and just seeing how much the kids and their families would light up and then the players would light up. And, and that was really the first glimpse. Like, I, I would read all the things and watch a lot of videos that Sporting put out, but until – You get to kind of see some of that stuff up close and then, of course, getting to MC the Victory Gala and just blown away, I mean, by these kids, their stories, their families, the strength. I've stayed in touch with quite a few of them that I got a chance to meet out at training, and I know that that did so much for my understanding of the organization for fans who love sporting, who love Kansas City, who want to get involved. You mentioned volunteer opportunities and you mentioned the, you know, expanded pillars and all these exciting new things that the Victory Project's doing. Mm -hmm. What would you say are, for someone who really wants to just kind of get their foot in and and start this year, start right now, what are the maybe first three things that they can do to get involved?
4: Yeah, I would say, well, victorykc.org is our website and... If people can just help us tell these stories, um, we're a team of two, so Jackie and I, <laughs> uh, we're running the Victory Project with the help of our board and our executive committee members, and I think the more people can talk about the Victory Project, the better it is. Um, and I think to just, even if it's talking to people at your job, getting um, people that you're attending matches with you, just to get them just aware of what we're doing i think that would be um just really helpful so first yeah just letting people know about the victory project um if you want to get your company involved there's ways that companies can sponsor a wish for example and um i'm trying to think what's the third one i hmm, i think just like just helping us get the word out that's a big thing and even just following us on social media engaging with our stuff and um, just showing that even if you're referring kids that you know, we're always looking for kids to have at, um, as a match day honoree. So yeah, I would say those are the three. Letting us know about other match day honorees, um, telling people that you work with, your family, and just helping us promote it.
0: Join the Argyle Ace Raffle yes. that we have. It's a progressive raffle that goes on during games. and. The pot gets bigger and bigger as it goes. And uh, you can do it online. You can do it on match days. You can do it on the weeks leading up to the match. We always do a promo on it on the broadcast. And we're going to, we talked at the meeting yesterday about ways you can do that. But you got a chance to win money. And then the other half of the money goes to the Victory Project. So you got a chance to win money and help the Victory Project is a great way. And I would say this too if you know somebody that owns a business, talk to them. If they're looking about places where they could put their philanthropic dollars, their sponsorship abilities Mm -hmm. uh opportunities with the victory project to be part of the gala to be a part of the big golf tournament that we do every year those are out there as well so if you know somebody's got it's got a business and they've got a budget set aside for that and they're trying to find the right way to spend that money that's a possibility as well so those are all ways that you could help out and sign that card if you go to the games you know that's a big (laughs) that's always one i mean that's just the part that hits me the most every every game day and I love when I'm at when I happen to be at training on the same days that the honorees come out, and seeing those kids get to interact with the players and everything is uh, is really special as well. Choma, while we have you here, though, I want to talk to you about you yeah. a little bit too we're celebrating you. This is uh, this is International <laughs> Women's Day. You mentioned you got into sporting Kansas City because you wanted to work in soccer, you wanted to help grow the sport that was formative for you in life. How did you come to Kansas City, yeah. and how? how what, tell us about that journey a little bit.
4: Yeah, so I moved here from Arizona and originally wanted to play soccer in college. I had a really bad knee injury that I wasn't able to play anymore. And a lot of athletes can relate is like when you no longer play, you have this identity crisis of like, who am I? What do do I – who who am I now Mm -hmm. and so I just wanted to stay connected to the game and when I was no longer able to play um, FC Tucson was a semi-pro team that started and they were just looking for people to help volunteer for preseason so on one hand in the beginning of the year we operated as an events company the other half we had our PDL season that operated in the summer and for me just being a a soccer fan I was just like this is Tucson and like Mm -hmm. Tucson's a very small town and all of these elite Athletes were coming to Tucson, and I can just watch them play for free. This is the Desert Diamond Cup, right? The preseason.
0: That's what Sporting always would play in.
4: Yeah, and so Sporting was one of the first clubs to attend. Yeah, the Desert Diamond Cup preseason, and then it just grew. It went from like four teams to six teams. And then at one point, I think we had like 14 um, MLS clubs coming to Arizona, and then we attracted international clubs. So there was a team from South Korea, Croatia. We had Chivas Guadalajara, the U23 team, and the Canadian national team. And so I was just like, I think I want to continue to work in this space. And When I I kind of just kept moving up the ranks, I felt like I hit my ceiling there and I was ready to like take a leap to another club. And sporting always stuck out as one of the more professional clubs in terms of I had to work with the coaches, the team admins, I had to help schedule training sessions work with the county and just all of these things and sporting was always very what <laughs> the teams I didn't have to worry about <laughs> yeah. so and for me who I'm like I, I think I can make a career in sports I want to work with a club that is professional that has a really expansive like business side of the sports team and with youth soccer even just we have our in-house fmb cup co- like there's all these different business ventures of sporting so i uh, made the decision to come to kansas city and then here i am so
2: i love it i it, your story yeah. like really resonates because it's very similar to mine and that played very competitive soccer throughout my entire life suffered an injury in high school that really kind of changed the trajectory of my life after mm-hmm. that because my dream of playing professionally or playing in college just it was kind of different after that. Um, yeah. I didn't feel like that was the best avenue. And so it was then, you know, you, you're trying to separate, like you said, who, who am I now? Yeah. Like, what is my identity outside of this sport that I have loved and dedicated so much of my life to? Um, I want to focus on that because recently we've talked, especially in soccer and in mm-hmm. college soccer, a lot about mental health after um, the really tragic and sudden death of Katie Meyer with Stanford. Mm-hmm. And she died by suicide. And a lo- after... The news came out about that a lot of conversation has sparked about not just mental health but pressure on athletes Mm -hmm. and that identity that is like so ingrained in this one one small part of your life but can feel like the world when you were stepping away from your identity as a player to you know Mm -hmm. who is chioma now like what do you consider your identity now and what was that journey like for you were there any of those really low points where you're like who am i how do i go about you know this world now no longer an athlete yeah
4: it was it was really tough i actually like left school for a while because i was just like i don't know what i want to study i was doing now really poor in my classes as i graduated with a 4.3 cumulative gpa never really had to study And then now in college, it's like, I'm not doing well in my classes. And I'm like, I don't know what I want to do anymore. And so I left school just to like, okay, let me just work and figure out. And I felt like I was wasting money, too. And of course, my parents were not happy about that because they were just like, what are you doing with your life? Everyone's supposed to know what they want to do at 18 and go into that profession. So um, it was it was tough, but I felt like getting back and working in soccer helped me find purpose again and, um, I've, and I've shared this with people before like growing up um, my dad was a pastor and so I lived in a very like uh, conservative household in terms of just like my dad was we just had very conservative Christian values <laughs> and sometimes um, women playing sports or women being athletic and all these things weren't really something that um they thought was what I should be doing and so sports was really an outlet for me and so I found my voice with sports and so when that was taken away from me it was a really hard time to just figure out like yeah who am I now. So I, st- I went back to school to study nutritional sciences to selfishly figure out how to eat and exercise for my body now and I feel like a lot of athletes that's also another thing that you struggle with. and so. Um, I found community with like sharing my story and having other athletes of like I'm struggling with this too and like just knowing that you're not alone I think when you play sports it's it's easy to compare yourself to somebody else because you it's like if if you have a bad performance on the field someone else someone else is always having a better performance than Mm -hmm. you and it's easy for you to be left off the roster it's easy for others to be moving on and you're you know are like left behind the scenes and your whole day is regimented from okay training school training workouts blah blah and then now what's your structure Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it 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 was it was a lot but I found that yeah sharing my story finding community um and just experimenting and finding out what I even just like didn't like there were some roles that I took um, when I was working in Arizona that I was just like, that was a cool experience. Probably don't want to do that again. But I say yeah. that all the time to like,
2: <laughs> I mean, especially when I have people who reach out who are younger or like, even with my siblings, it's like yeah. trying to figure out what you want to do It's figuring out what you don't want to do is yes. sometimes even more important than figure out what you do want to do because that will close a door potentially that you could have otherwise spent a lot of time yeah. opening more doors behind to see if, if something, you know, worked out there once, you know, you don't like it, yes. it's redirects you oftentimes in a positive way exactly
0: that's a pretty yeah. big move though to go as a as a kid from Arizona yeah. to move to Kansas City I mean you yes. know <laughs> you're moving to different cultures different region all that have you been happy with it do you like it here
4: yeah so before Arizona I was in the Bay Area so born okay. and raised in, in the Bay Area so that. The culture there is just like massive. I went from. Were
0: you East Bay? Were were, were you West East, Bay? East Bay. Okay. So yep.
4: I was born in Hayward, raised in Union City, went to okay. James Logan High School. Okay. And Shout out. <laughs> yeah. <Hey. laughs> and like, Eve, I was. Who was I talking to about that yesterday? I was just sharing um, with a with one of my friend's daughters who's playing in college that my team. I was. There were like four four black girls, eight Mexican girls like three white, like white girls and like four Asians. Like we were a very multicultural team. And when I moved to Arizona playing soccer, it was my last two years of high school. I went from being the only black girl and then it was predominantly Mexicans on the team and then there were two white girls. And so it was kind of just like the, the culture shift was different moving to Kansas City. It's been now extremely, it's like more, <laughs> a lot more different in terms of just the, yeah, the cultural makeup of the worlds I exist in. So I think working in corporate, living downtown I would say is a more eclectic space so I feel like I I feel like there's more culture downtown and being close to river market and um finding community in in some ways but I think as you work in the corporate sector it's more of just like okay you're the only one a lot of times whether (laughs) you're the only black person the only woman um but I've I've enjoyed it because I do think that Kansas City it's it's like a it's a big it's a small big town yeah. so it's i've been able to meet just really amazing people i feel like a lot of people are transplants, so i feel like i'm still able to yeah just just there's meet more and more people. that's a new yeah. that's a
0: newer development than when i was growing up here everybody was from here yeah um and now it's there's much more new blood in this town and i think that's actually a great thing i think it's one of the things that's really made the town
4: mm-hmm.
0: i've always loved kansas city but it's so much hipper now than it was because yeah. of people like you, too.
2: Well, yeah, but, and I get yeah. like the people <laughs> who end up moving here have so much pride for Kansas City. I've only lived here for like four and a half years. But I feel such a strong connection to the city, to the growth of it. Yeah. Like I'm so much more invested in where Kansas City will be in 10 years than I ever was from, you know, where I grew up. And, and when you talk about like diversity and, and like the soccer teams you're on there was no diversity on any of the teams I was on and so Mm -hmm. when you talk about making the sport more accessible here in Kansas City like I love hearing that because I do think it's so important for kids to play with people who don't look like them to interact Mm -hmm. with people who are who come from different backgrounds different cultures different ideologies all the you know everything yeah starting at a really young age and that was something I didn't really grow up with because of where I lived and the proximity to you know where I played my games and everything and you just that's who you grow up around and that's Mm -hmm. you know the things that you do but I I love hearing that and I will say I think with Kansas City and how progressive and in so many different ways this place is it it makes it so much better and it makes it really fun being a a transplant here because (laughs) I feel like I can be a part of that and I feel celebrated for the different things that I bring to the city here and even not being from here it's it, 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 people laugh because it's like, oh, the most touristy. <laughs> not, like, people are tourists in their own city. Like, you'll yeah. wear an I Heart KC shirt here, but in New York, people will be like, Where are you? "Is that ironic yeah. that you're wearing that?" Or like, "What?" Yeah. What's, so I just the pride of Kansas City, I think, is awesome. Yeah, and so many incredible people who come here and who are from here that. That's why people place. like
0: me ask you, do you like yeah, it? Here? Yeah. <laughs> We're like really hopeful when we ask, We're like, do you like it? Do you like yeah. us? <laughs> we want you. We want you to stay. You know, because we love you, um, Choma. You're awesome, and and uh, I always look forward to every time I get to see you at the office, um, and at the Victory Project meetings. And um, you're just such a positive part of everything that the club stands for. Um, especially when it comes to the Victory Project and all the work that you do there, because like you said, I know that you and Jackie—it's a—it's a two-person. It's a—it's its a its a <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, its much more than a two-person job yeah. that's being done by two people, and it's—it's it's just awesome work. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Enjoy your birthday. Thank yeah, you. Happy birthday. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And thanks for giving us some of your time on your special day.
4: Yeah, of course. Hope hope I can be invited back again. Absolutely. Oh, of course. I, I think we'll, <laughs> We'd love to. I think
0: we'll make it work. When we come back, we're going to be joined by another birthday boy as well as Connell McCourt rejoins us in studio. We're going to get you ready for Sporting Kansas City's game at the Colorado Rapids this weekend right after this on the Sporting Kansas City Show presented by Michelob Ultra.
1: You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB.
0: And we are back to wrap things up on this edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you get your podcasts and wherever you stream your video content. And as always, thanks to Michelob Ultra for sponsoring the show. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And now let's talk about this game coming up for Sporting Kansas City against the Colorado Rapids the winners of the regular season in the Western Conference a year ago. Remember that? That was a three-team race. that went all the way down to the last weekend. Of course, Sporting Kansas City fans might point out that if a certain handball gets called on the last day of the year, Sporting finished with the one seed. At the end of the day, though, we don't really have much to gripe about because home field advantage was there in the playoffs, and it didn't work out, so whatever. Colorado ended up as the number 1 seed in the West. Sporting Kansas City ended up as the three-seed this Rapid team is good. Sporting Kansas City will play them at eight o'clock. On uh, is it eight o'clock? Is it is it eight is o'clock it, is it Saturday? Eight, is it yep it's, eight o'clock is Saturday? It, it's eight Central o'clock. time. I, couldn't, I, couldn't, I did not know if this was Central time or not. We're gonna start this over. Okay, all right, here we go. Uh, sorry, because I was like I was like, is that Eastern time? Is that
2: I always miss. Okay. Yeah, because was... I'm on the
0: MLS website. Oh yeah. Uh, but it is eight o'clock because it's Mountain time there, right? So okay, mm-hmm. three, two, one. And we are back to wrap things up on this edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer Sports Radio 810 WHB. Nate Katie, along with Allie Trost and Connell McCourt rejoining us. The birthday boy, they didn't tell you you get your day off from the office on your birthday, did they, Connell?
3: Um, I've heard some rumblings. like that. heard some rumblings? Yeah. Yeah. You can but
2: use it, though, I think, just in your birthday month. So start yeah. thinking oh, okay. about when you want
3: to. I have a busy schedule, so it's not pretty taken. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, no hey. rest for the
0: weary. That's rest. what we like about Connell McCourt. And the attitude there. Hey, we're presented by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. All right, guys. Big game coming up against the Colorado Rapids on Saturday, 8 o'clock, on 38th the spot. And we believe here on Sports Radio 810. Some of that might depend on whether or not the Jayhawks make it to the uh, championship game of the Big 12 tournament. But expect the game here for now. Uh, They got first place in the West last year. Maybe controversially so. That's in the regular season, but it was a close race is the bottom line. It could have been anybody's uh, number 1 seed to have, really, between the top three teams in the West last year. It's a little interesting, though. The Rapids had – did you guys watch the penalty shootout game they had against Comunicaciones Mm -hmm. in the CONCACAF Champions League in a driving snowstorm? Uh, Just a heartbreaking result. So maybe not too big of a surprise that they came off of that and lost at LAFC, giving up the hat trick to Carlos Vela. you got to give them credit. They bounced back with a big win against Atlanta United at home this past weekend. So, Connell, I'll start with you. How tough is this game, in your mind, sporting going to the Colorado Rapids?
3: I think it's very tough. Uh, I think they've got their work cut out for them. Um, I mean, just there's so many storylines going into the game. Uh, I mean, there's a certain number nine who wears number 11 that I'm sure will be... Desperate to kind of make his mark against his, his former team, which you know teams like to do. And they just, they're a solid outfit. Uh, mark anthony uh that guy Estevez as well. They have they've just good players all over the park. And when you're playing up there in the altitude, it's always going to be tough. You know, Sporting go there. I mean, there's a lot of players in this team that have been there a few times. They know what they expect when they're heading up that way. But they're a good team. Even in the game, they were beat three nil by LaFC. They didn't even play that bad. LaFC played well, but their last game, they battered that Atlanta side that that beat us down there. So they certainly have their work cut out for them. They're they're kind of adopting a bit of a new system with a three four three. You know they usually play three at the back, but it's usually three five two three. I mean, whatever way that Robin Fraser is setting them up, and ever since he's come in, they've been solid at the back as well. It'll be. I don't think it'll be a high scoring game. But it's one of those ones that you're going to probably need uh, Remy Voltaire or or, or someone arriving late in the box to try and nick a goal. And honestly, if you ask me now, I would bite the hand off a 1-0 right now.
2: Yeah, and Peter Vermees even said after the game this past weekend against Houston that you know, that offensive side of the game, that that being more clinical in the final third, those final paths, that really takes the most time to develop throughout a season. And this is going to be a really tough game against the Colorado side that – really only have about 37% of the possession against Atlanta they're going to you know probably invite sporting to, to play into them and try and catch them on the counter so it'll be a kind of a similar type approach from a from a game standpoint that sporting experienced last week and the only difference now is you go on the road you're in altitude it's going to be cold out there i've already checked the weather because it you know kind of affects a certain someone here <laughs> in this room so i'm going to be uh, bundled up but no i i, I think it's going to be a really tough game but also An incredible test against a a tough Colorado side that, like you said, has a a certain number nine that wears number 11, who has a little extra motivation going in Sporting and is coming off of a fantastic game against Atlanta. Man of the match, for sure, in that one. Goal assist set up goal number three and going to be a tough test. And and Robin Frazier, I mean, you know, we talk about how Children's Mercy Park is a fortress for Sporting at Home. That's been the same situation at Dick's Sporting Goods Park for the Colorado Rapids. I mean, especially under Robin Frazier, they... Only have two losses in 26 home games, second fewest in MLS. They're a really tough team to, to beat on the road for a lot of reasons. But I, I think this early in the season, it's going to be a tough test. But Sporting will be up for it.
0: Yeah, the uh, the the crowd in Kansas City. I think the stadium atmosphere is what makes this place so impressive. It's the altitude, yep. uh, that type of atmosphere in Colorado that can really get to you. But you have to give them credit because they they just they make themselves a very difficult team to play against when it comes to The midfield and all those other things so um we'll see you know we'll see what happens sporting kansas city against the rapids this is an opportunity to try to get a result on the road in the western conference away from home i hope you enjoy whatever's behind us right now because we're not going to recut this segment i'm just telling you that right now Uh, we got to get out of here but you can see the michelob ultra right here and that's the most important thing so again our thanks to chioma Atomno for joining us on the show today and telling us a little bit about what she does with the organization. Our thanks to Allie Trost and the birthday boy Connell McCourt as well. Make sure you check out the match Saturday night, eight o'clock from Dick Sporting Goods Park in Commerce City, Colorado, Sporting Kansas City against the Colorado Rapids. And we will see you here next week for the next edition of the Sporting Kansas City show presented by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it.